we sent out the cans. I got a call from one of the businesses that we'd sent sent the cans to, and they said, your water tastes a bit weird. We basically drove at like 100 miles per hour to go to the warehouse to, uh, to taste this water. After probably sitting on the cans, crying for an hour about how we're gonna get through this, it's examples like that where you get through it. Trials, tribulations, mistakes, barriers, successes, and failures. Hear it here firsthand from those that have grown billion-dollar businesses to those that are just starting out. Winner of the Campaign Publishing Award for Best Business Podcast in the UK, Successes in the Mind is the only place where you can get a sense of business reality in a world full of idealism. Everyone claims to be an entrepreneur, but can everyone live up to the title? What does it take to start a business, to get your product into a high street store, or grow a well-managed team? I'm Oliver Bruce, founder and entrepreneur myself. Join me as I interview business leaders and founders from across the globe, delving into what makes them tick, their differentiators and intrinsic motivators. This is Success is in the Mind. Thank you so much to our headline sponsors for the year, Capsule Cover. Capsule Cover, a specialist insurance partner to growth businesses, supports some of the UK's most innovative and ambitious companies. Sponsoring each and every one of our podcasts, we're on a journey with Capsule and so should you be. If you're a scale-up or an ambitious, high-growth business, check out how Capsule Cover can help you with bespoke insurance solutions. Inquire via CapsuleCover.com and quote Success22. Josh White, co-founder of Cano Water, marketing director and Forbes 30 Under 30 alumni. Cano Water is the world's answer to recyclable single-use plastic bottles, a brand Founded in 2015 in response to the damaging impact that plastic bottles are having on the environment, Cano Water has sold over 15 million cans in the UK and Ireland alone. Prior to starting Cano Water, Josh travelled the world as a DJ, his eureka moment when Josh and his mates went to Thailand and witnessed the severity of plastic pollution firsthand. Now with a recent seven-figure investment and the former European president of Heineken joining the team as a non-executive chairman, I asked Josh what pushback he received in the early stages, why hasn't canning water been done before, and when will cano water be sold internationally? Ladies and gentlemen, Josh White. So looking back, I suppose, before we actually get into this, I just wanted to kind of look at the, the side men guess the millionaire game that you, uh, that you went on on YouTube. You know, five-star rating for acting there. You were the original Richard Mill, or that's not even your name. How did you get onto that? It was a very random one. I got a message from someone that works with the Sidemen on Facebook. They were looking for people that um, were, I guess, fake millionaires. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> found me. they found me on, there on the Forbes 30 Under 30. I've actually grown up watching those guys. So it actually felt like saying that would have been quite fun. And I guess I was just sort yeah. of being myself, really. Because you were there, they were trying to figure out if you were this individual that was a millionaire at the time. And the answer to that was no. But the chap that was, was evicted quite early on in the in the programme from memory. Yeah, it was, uh, it was funny because I actually clocked on earlier who was the millionaire because we weren't actually meant to know. And I, uh, I actually was in the toilet with him and he was putting on a real Richard Mill. Um, so I knew at that point that... This guy was serious. <laughs> my, my Richard Mill wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I liked it. But looking at actually what you guys are doing, you, you went on there because you're under Forbes 30, under 30. You've got a business called Cano Water. You've got three founders, yourself included. Talk to me about where Cano Water came from. Yeah, so it was, it was a bit of a strange idea, really. Um, and it came completely at random. We were, you know, we are three good friends uh, who went on a trip to Thailand together and came across huge amounts of plastic pollution of brands that we grew up loving. And we, we, we grew up around, 
you know, Hertfordshire, Watford area. And around there, you know, you don't see a lot of big plastic pollution. You know, you might see a bit of uh, a bit of uh, a plastic bottle here or a can sort of littered there. But you don't see a lot of pollution anywhere. And um, we were shocked, to be honest with you. And I think most people would just see something like this and just get over it and get on with their holiday. But we we sort of became completely and utterly obsessed with why is this happening? How is it happening? And how can we do something about it? And coming back... Mm -hmm. We did a lot of research about packaging and saw that aluminium actually is the most recyclable material on the planet. So when you recycle a can, it will just come back as a can and it can be recycled again and again and again. So the Coke can or the Red Bull can or the can of water can that you would have drank from could have been hundreds of thousands, if not millions of cans before. So we sort of thought, why has no one ever put water in a can? And uh, we thought, why not? We're going to be the, the first people in the world to put water in a can. It is an innovative idea. And I was baffled when I looked at it that actually no one else has, has done it before because it makes absolute sense. But your previous life before you went into the world of essentially cano watering, if that is even <laughs> a thing, you were a DJ. You were traveling around Europe. You were, you were DJing at gigs and then you kind of decided to throw the towel in and, and go into the world of entrepreneurialism. Had you always had a flair for business? I've always wanted to do more. DJing for me was a hobby. I'm madly obsessed with music, madly obsessed with music. So DJing has been something that, you know, I've start, I started at 11 years old. My dad bought me my first pair of decks when I was 11. I just became completely and utterly obsessed of just mixing music together. And, uh, but it was never, ever something that I wanted to do forever. You know, it was something that I just, it was a hobby. I needed to do it because I absolutely loved music. I loved you know, sometimes I'll be DJing to over a few hundred thousand people a week all over the country and all over the, you know, all over Europe at times. But I definitely, definitely felt like I yearned for something else. And I always had passion for for doing good, whether it be mental health or just something that was that was that could help people. So can of water when it happened. And I always say this, that 99 percent of people would have come up with that idea and just thought it was stupid and then just forgotten about it. But I think for us, it was yeah. like, no, we're actually going to do this because actually it could make a difference. I mean, looking at the idea, you're right, because I, I introduced you by saying, you know, well, you laughed out the room when you went to manufacturers and went, look, guys, I know you've been bottling water for the last 10 years, but can you bung it in a can instead? Did you get individuals say, actually, this is a stupid idea? We don't want to manufacture it. We don't want to get involved. The first three years was basically just, it was horrible because people just didn't believe in it. We we were lucky. We got into Selfridges. We did London Fashion Week. You know, we we left our jobs because, you know, we thought, wow, this is it. We're onto something. But when sort of push comes to shove and you start making the calls and you're like, you know, we've got this can of water. People just they don't get it. They just don't get it. And at, at that time, no one within food and drink was talking about plastic pollution. You know, no one cared. I sat down with my business partner with one of the the owners of one of the biggest drinks companies in the country who basically laughed us out of the room. He said, uh, plastic pollution is not that bad. You've got a good product. It looks good, but it will never get into Tesco. You may as well just go back to your day jobs. And that was literally, that was a pattern for, for three years of people just not thinking that cans were going to be a thing. We were very fortunate, you know, that obviously Sky, BBC, David Attenborough, all these sort of things were happening around the same time that we were planting this seed. But people really, really didn't warm to the idea of canned water, especially within 
you know, not really the consumer because the consumer actually wanted change. But in the industry, people, you know, plastic's cheap. So people wanted to protect that. It was almost just too much admin to change, I suppose. So people just didn't want to, <laughs> exactly. didn't want to bother. But those three years of you consistently being knocked back, how did you keep going? Because obviously I'm assuming you were still DJing or were you full-time in Cano Water at that point? I was still DJing, you know, I still DJ a little bit now. As I said, I've still got that obsession um, where I love it. <laughs> but we were just ticking along, to be honest with you. We were literally, uh, we, we were so naive. And that, that's the funny thing about this is that a lot of people within the industry have said that if we were in the drinks industry, we probably wouldn't have succeeded because we would have got to a point where so many people would have told us that it wasn't a thing and we just would have stopped. But we were so adamant that we were going to make this work and we were so confident that it's a better solution that we were just we were yeah I mean this whole story is all about authenticity and passion and you know not taking no for an answer I mean even even getting a can of water was difficult we had to get a minimum run of 150,000 for still and 150,000 for sparkling you know we couldn't afford we couldn't afford that you know we had to no. we had to jump over hurdles and troubleshoot and work out ways of how we're going to do this because most people told us that putting water in a can is impossible and in terms because you're two founders or co-founders i suppose you've got perry you've got ariel in terms of what their backgrounds are they aren't exactly manufacturing experts they've never been in business really before from an entrepreneurial point of view how did they kind of jump ship because one of them was an fx trader i think wasn't he yeah so ariel was in fx and did some recruitment i think that do you know what it was i think that we all and that's that's one thing the three of us really st stood by each other and we were sort of there for each other in the early days, you know, one might get knocked back because we were working on something and then, you know, we, we lost it. And the other two sort of came to that, per, you know, came to that person's needs yeah. and sort of cared for them when, when you know, when things weren't going <laughs> their way. And I think that that was quite important in the early days because, you know, it is just the three of us. It is a massive leap. All of our friends are, you know, doing the standard. They've got their standard jobs and they're out there and they're making yeah. money. You know, we were really doing this based on, you know, as I said, passion and authenticity. We weren't reaping any rewards whatsoever. We were just passionate about building something that um, could potentially change the way that, 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 that we drink water. But I guess that that defying the norm side really excited us, you know, going against the grain and really breaking the mold. It's sort of Every time someone said no to us, it was like, well, no, we, like, we, you know, we will make this happen. And I think that really spurred us on and gave us that, that push and that encouragement to actually, you know, strive to make it happen. Yeah, because I mean, how much did it take cost to, to get it off the ground? Because it can't have been a cheap, a cheap concept to launch. No, I mean, listen, it costs tens of thousands to really create any product, really, because, you know, there's minimum orders and, you know, you need to look at trademarking and this and that. And as I said, we were very naive. So, you know, we we went into this thinking, yeah, we'll make this happen. And then you get to a bar you get to a, you know, a barrier and it's like, oh, OK, how do we get over this? And the three of us would work it out. And I think that that's something that I learned about business and what's made me a much better entrepreneur or operator is that things happen every single day that you need to troubleshoot and overcome. And um, it's, you know, it's you that needs to come up with that, that way around it. There's no one else that's going to do it for you or help you. And I think that 
it's sort of like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger type of mentality is that every time I've got over a hurdle, it's made me a better person. So for the next hurdle, I'm ready. And I think that that's something that in six years of building can of water, if I look at the person I was then to the person I am now, you know, I can get through anything just because my, the way that my mind works, I've built up this like this thought process that just works in a different way than it did before. assuming you guys had pulled together some of your cash to be able to afford this or did you go for seed fund initially to be honest with you we were just scraping in money like we just we didn't have anything like that at all you know we didn't have family you know we, we didn't take anything from family uh we, we were basically doing it ourselves you know i had a bit of dj money and the other two had a bit of money and our plan was let's build a fake brand that basically doesn't exist with no product because we couldn't get we couldn't get water in a can because the prototype that we needed, we needed to get 150,000 of each. So 300,000 to try still and sparkling water in a can. We couldn't afford that. That's a lot. It's, it's crazy. So we, we basically created, and luckily we had Perry, who's, you know, a fantastic, you know, designer. And he, we, we, we after work, we had full-time jobs. After work, we would meet up and we would create this brand, Cano Water, which was the most beautiful can of water uh, but it was only on paper you know it, it didn't exist it didn't exist as a product and um, the idea was let's create something that looks so good that we can basically sell it without you know having any product so we went you know we emailed Selfridges and London Fashion Week with this brochure and they came back within like three weeks because they loved it and yeah. we turned up to meetings with prototypes that we had created in my family's like playroom basically <laughs> but in terms of you know when you were constantly being pushed back and you were creating this visually pleasing brand and i have to say it looks it genuinely looks excellent it's kind of got that user interface like it does on apple when you're looking to buy one of their macs it's genuinely pretty but how did you kind of get past that consistent barrier kind of being put up when you didn't have any money individuals were saying no we're not interested you could have just so easily given up were you being driven because you thought it was for the greater good or were you genuinely being driven because you thought there'd be a good payday at the end of it i think that listen money is something that i think that if you work really hard you know it, it will come but that was never you know we were 20 i was 22 years old when we came up with the idea and 23 when can of water started i'd never made money before you know I, i'd never made money before this was something this was something that the three of us were so passionate about one because it was so cool you know really 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 cool and two because it served a purpose and i think that as i said to you i know those people that come up with ideas and after two years if it's not working you know they're back to their job yeah. and that that's the reality you know that is the reality it is not easy to build a business so three three and a half years of basically being turned away 80 90 percent of the time if it was just about money then you know i think that we would have just given up but this really was we've got to make this work we've got to make this work and the, you know when we got back from thailand and we started to see things that were going on in bali and mumbai and all these other places we actually saw that this problem is so bad and uh, no one was talking about it so as soon as sky and bbc and all these other guys were talking about it it was like, oh, uh, these guys are on the journey with us and, you know, we could 
you know, we could work quite closely with them. I mean, in terms of looking at it now, taking the snapshot currently, you're in 10,000 stores nationwide. You've sold, since your founding, 15 million cans. You know, do you go back to those initial shops or those individuals that said you ain't, it's not going to work and, and almost laugh at them now? I don't go back there, <laughs> but I definitely... No, that's probably the right thing to do. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely laugh. Like, do you know what? I, I say it to a lot of people. I'll be out now and someone will be holding a can or I'll be at an event and thousands of people will be holding cans or someone will send me a picture, which happens most days of, oh my God, can of water's here, like a friend of mine. And it still hasn't hit yet. But there have been some days like the Forbes 30 under 30 where I'll stop for a minute and I'll look back and this whole rush of emotion will sort of take over my body of like, wow, like how did, how did, because it goes so quick. You don't have time to, you don't have time to stop and think. So when something like that happens, something especially that if I look, if, look at myself 10 years ago and you, if you had told me that I would have had a Forbes 30 under 30, I would have laughed at you. You know, it's those times where you stop and think and, you know, you say to yourself, wow, this actually, this is happening. And, you know, we've actually created something that not just the three of us are are, are, are liking, you know, millions of people are drinking out of our product. So it's, it's really weird, but it's also, it's always been about creating a movement for us. And uh, it's so amazing that the consumer is really the person that's driving this because without the consumer and without someone in the early days, going into a shop and saying, I don't want plastic anymore. I don't want it. I don't want to drink out of it. So like, why have you not got alternatives like can of water? We wouldn't be here today. And it's interesting because you speak about the millions of individuals that are actually drinking out of your out of your cans. We were in a meeting quite literally yesterday, completely unprompted. And our creative director walked through the door with a can of Cano water. He's nothing to do with, with the podcast. He's not in here. He didn't know you guys were coming on. And we looked at it and we were thinking, crikey, what are the chances? So you are literally everywhere. You're genuinely everywhere. You're even on Amazon. Now, how do you actually open those doors into places like Selfridges, like Amazon, like, for instance, Waitrose, when you have essentially a, a concept that people don't want? How do you keep banging those doors down? I've always thought, you know, there's two ways to look at it. First of all, no one wants to be the first and no one wants to be the last. So the people in the early days, you know, like Selfridges and Whole Foods, you know, these guys were pioneers because they made the decision before anyone did to bring on weird and wonderful products that were better. And um, without them, we wouldn't have ne we wouldn't have been able to have got to the next step. But the way that I look at it in a good analogy is blackberry okay we all had a blackberry phone we were all obsessed with it it was the best thing ever and we looked at it like it was you know nokia was out the window blackberry was here forever and we were obsessed with it and uh, one day our mate got an iphone and we looked at him like he was weird and why has he got an iphone like that's so weird like we we, we were obsessed with blackberry we're sending out bbm messages to everyone and um then more and more people started to get iPhones and we were pressurized into getting an iPhone. And in the end, we got an iPhone. And then after day five of having the iPhone, we were questioning why we ever used a BlackBerry. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think that, that it's making that switch, which is sort of what's happening um, with Can of Water. You know, it starts with three people who are looked at as idiots. <laughs> and then a few more people start trying it and then a few more and a few more. And, you know, you'll always get some people that it isn't for them and they'll go back, but then they'll come back. And it's like that sort of toing and throwing 
And I think that over time, you know, people start to realize it's better for the planet. It's even better for your health when you compare it to, you know, what plastic bottles can do and all these sorts of things. And once you weigh it all up, you start to see that actually this is the future and this is this is the this is the way forward. And I think that that's what's happened in all honesty is that the people that said no have come back to revisit it and then have said yes. And uh you know that that's amazing and you know we haven't even touched the surface yet it's that that's the craziest thing is that we haven't even we've only really just started which is so exciting and the most natural synergy for going from a plastic bottle to a can would be with uh, coca-cola which we which we all know simply because they also own smart water now smart water is in a plastic bottle why have they not gone actually can of water might be on or something here either bought you guys or just done it themselves First of all, they can't just turn around and say, screw plastic, can they? Because they've been polluting the planet for many years. So it would be more beneficial for them to try and come up with a way of creating a more, in quoting, recyclable plastic that basically actually doesn't work. And that's what they are doing. You know, they're trying to create a more recyclable plastic that is made out of recycled plastic which actually if you think about it doesn't really it doesn't really solve the problem you know it's just plastic that's ended up in landfill that is now going back into plastic bottles that will end up in landfill and i think that it's that the answer the answer is it's cheaper it's cheaper to do plastic than it is cans and that is why they're doing it and the greatest thing about can of water is we've never sold a plastic bottle. We never will sell a plastic bottle. And we are a disruptive brand who can turn around and say plastic's bad because it is. And they can't. And I think that's and that's the main thing. But if you actually look into it, they have actually started canning water in the States. But they won't talk about it. They're very quiet about it. And they'll do it just as like a testing the market. And that's where the, you know, the lack of authenticity is. Is It's like, if you can do it, just do it. But listen, it's... At the end of the day, we don't let those things get to us. As long as they are doing the right thing, we will always be, you know, rooting for them. I think they're a good good example of someone that isn't doing the right thing. But I admire any brand that's gone from plastic bottles into cans and it is and still not selling plastic bottles. But what I what we don't root for is a company that just sell, sells cans but still sells millions of plastic bottles. What I don't understand about the brand is that the can of water I get because it's more sustainable in terms of you can recycle the aluminium but if I were to reuse a plastic bottle multiple multiple times surely that's better for the planet than putting a can in the bin every day so there's 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 two things to, to that to that question first of all convenience is enormous you know we're not Greenpeace we're not standing outside of um, Coca-Cola's offices with big placards saying you know <laughs> save the planet we take a more realistic approach to, you know, to products. And I think that convenience is something that is so important in our lives. And it's what it's what it's why people will choose an Uber or people will choose, you know, a Deliveroo. It's convenience. And um, when we first launched a brand, one of the things that, you know, we know about plastic bottles is that you can open and close a plastic bottle. You can put it in your bag and you can walk away with it. So people are going to want that same experience because it's convenient. So we found a uh, a resealable lid on page 10 of Google, <laughs> weirdly enough. <laughs> it's a lot of scrolling. Yeah, it's a lot of scrolling. And yeah, it was uh, it really fit our needs. It was a really, really nice 
looking, feeling receivable lid. And we, you know, were the first people in the UK to really bring that to the market. And if you go into Tesco or, you know, places where it demands an on-the-go experience, you will probably find our receivable lid. But one thing I will say about reusing plastic is that it's not great to reuse plastic bottles, um, especially if it's got any direct um, light entering the bottle. It's, it's not good. And sometimes you'll see you'll leave it in your car or you'll leave it somewhere overnight, a plastic bottle, and it'll get murky and it'll, you know, it, it just won't look the same. And that's because, unfortunately, yeah, there are there are some health negatives around um and there has been sort of you know rumored about carcinogenics leaching into the um leaching into the plastic whereas aluminium protects heat and light so there are a lot of benefits around aluminium and i think that we did all of this research beforehand remember and i think that that was one of the things that we looked at and found as well is that aluminium actually is a really really great material it's been around for so many years. So we, you know, we didn't have science backgrounds. We couldn't just create something that just dissolved in <laughs> thin air. Um, but that'd be good though, wouldn't what it? We, yeah, that would be amazing. But what we what we could do is use a material that is better than the material that we're used to, that is infinitely recyclable and um, doesn't pollute the planet. Do you guys have come some kind of benefit with the with the can of water whereby it keeps the drink cooler? Does it keep it fresher? Is there anything more unique around I suppose using aluminium than there is using plastic it stays so cold i mean it's 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 crazy actually even cans that have just not been in the fridge for two three days if they're stored in like a like a cool room it would it will stay a lot colder than than any other packaging it's it's quite it's quite mad actually i mean yeah it's definitely you know it's definitely something that people always say that water does taste a lot nicer out of a can when you've got used to it. I think that, you know, there's nothing better than a cold can of water. There really isn't. You recently raised, what was it, seven figures, and you had uh, the ex-European president of Heineken join you guys as a non-exec chairman. That must have been a massive game changer for you guys in terms of where you can go and how you can take can of water to the next level. Yeah, I think it's really exciting. Uh, it's it's something that a lot of people sort of turned us down and didn't think that, you know, the brand really had it or this or that in the early days. So to have someone with, yeah, and, and all of the investors that have come in, to have those types of individuals come in and say, oh, you know, we're, we're willing to invest in this with their backgrounds, especially within, you know, the industries that they've been in is flattering and exciting. And it really gives us that motivation and push and you know strive to to just do everything that we've done but better and i think that's that's the plan really the plan is to just keep growing raise brand awareness and really educate people more than we've you know because it's difficult when you're growing organically with you know no experience to really educate and build and i think that that's what this really brings is that we can take it to the next level and if we've got this far with nothing, what can we do with with this? So that, that that's the really exciting part. I mean, in terms of taking it this far, at what point did you get advisors, NEDs, other board members, shareholders involved in the business? Because was it just you guys for three, four, five years? Or, you know, have you always had people steering and pointing you in a direction? So, so we had some angel investors that were sort of, you know, guiding us. And uh, we brought in a, a managing director sort of slash operations manager in our sort of third, fourth year that really helped because I think that 
we know that we're good brand people, uh, but we're not, you know, we know what we're not. So we, we started to bring in, you know, resource in the areas that we needed. You know, the team is everything. And if I look at, you know, there's, there's seven of us now um, in the office and, you know, every member that sits, you know, downstairs is, is so, so important to the brand. You know, just as important as the three of us, if not more important because of what they contribute <laughs> every day to the business. And at what point did you know it was the right time to bring in an MD? Because that's, a, from an entrepreneurial standard, a startup point of view, quite difficult to go, actually, I need someone better than me to run this business right now. How do you know when to do that? As I said before, ego isn't a thing that really plays in this office. It doesn't really. So I think that we, we knew because things started to dip or, you know, things we needed resource in different areas, as I said, so we knew that in year three, four, that we needed someone to come in and really sort of look at the business and, you know, help us scale. I think that that's, you know, one of the, the things we are very creative, the three of us and very driven, very hardworking. But sometimes you need someone to help you sort of streamline all those ideas and everything and sort of, and, and this, was all, this was also, this was also our first proper business. I had a business previously that failed, which actually helped me massively with my thinking. So what was that? So that was an event. So I, I, I ran like um, really large events for under 18s where we were putting sort of five, 6,000 people into venues and working with some really big people within the music industry. But once again, very, very good brand head and very good creative ideas. But if I had an MD in that business or someone to guide me like I like our MD had done, I, uh, I it would have succeeded. So I think that I definitely knew that we needed someone that had a few more grey hairs than we did who really understood that side. And I think failure for me was really important and really did me good for Can of Water. It was actually quite helpful that I had failed previously because I learned a lot and knew what not to do in certain decisions that we could have made in the early days of Canna Water. What are those lessons? To be completely honest with you, I, because I didn't have any mentors, I didn't have anyone to guide me, it was very much myself. That was, that was what I learned. I learned that we needed, I need to bring in mentors. I need to speak to people. I need wise heads to guide me. And, you know, if I had me now back then, it would have been a really successful business. And I think that that's, that's the greatest thing about growth, really, isn't it? Is that I'm now able to look back and think I'm that person that I needed back then. But I think failure is so, so important because it's so common and it should never be looked at as a negative. It actually should be looked at as a positive to enable growth and strength for the next time you, you go. I think uh, Peter Jones, I said it before in this podcast, but Peter Jones from Dragon's Den says there's no such thing as failure, only only feedback, which makes which makes absolute sense. And in terms of what strengths and weaknesses your co-founders have that, you know, you kind of uh, work together on, what can you not do that your other co-founders sort of bolster you on? Well, Perry's great on Photoshop and I, I'm not great on Photoshop <laughs> and Illustrator. Um, I think that we complement each other massively, you know, whether it's being more of a people person and be going out there you know in the early days I would stand in Oxford Street and talk to people and hand out cans to people and you know the others would do the same but one might be at the office 
creating things and creating content, which, you know, is something that I had no idea about. And then the other one might be really good at sales and really sort of making people sort of believe in this this brand that they thought was was stupid and you know we all, we all complement each other whether it's sales design and marketing even with no experience we've got natural talents in those areas that now we excel in but back then because it was very new to us never been in the food and drinks industry we sort of we really as i said to you we defied the norm because we've we've always done things that the food that wasn't really accepted in the food and drink world but we just did it because why not yeah yeah and you say you've never been in the food and drink world but in 2019 you you boys were classed in the top 100 coolest people in the food and drink inside magazine and i'm just gonna gonna quote here that george clooney with his tequila brand was number nine in the top 100 you guys 52 53 54 respectively how does it feel to rank in the top 100 with Mr. Clooney? It's weird. Listen, it's, 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 it's weird. It, it's amazing. And, you know, every time something like this happens, like whether it's Bill Gates holding a can or Ellen DeGeneres or Dua Lipa or Ellie Goulding or someone, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's amazing. I don't really know how to process it. The only thing that I've got in mind is how do we do more and how do we contribute to our mission? That is that is literally, that is everything to me. Uh, and that is really, I think, that's that's why I'm on these things. And that's why we're on those, you know, that's why we're gaining traction. That's why the three of us have got the Forbes 30 under 30 and all those things. It's genuinely, it's not really because of the coolest people in the food and drink. It's to, it's to do with the fact that, you know, we're doing something that is really cool, that has purpose at the at the core of it. I mean, it's clear to see that people are picking you up left, right and centre, not just retailers, not just supermarkets, not just celebrities, but you also supply Buckingham Palace as their official on-the-go water, which I didn't even know was a thing, and the Houses of Commons you're stocked in. You know, this is right into central government, into the heart of the UK. You're supplying the people that make the decisions. You're making a big change. Are you going to go for the Royal Seal of Approval? <laughs> I'd like to. We were the water actually once for Princess Eugenie's wedding, which was very flattering because she <laughs> wanted a, a plastic-free wedding, which was, uh, you know, really nice. But yeah, listen, it's, um, it's really exciting. And as I said to you before, this is only just the beginning. I think that this, this market, this category is absolutely enormous and there's still shed loads of plastic bottles and loads of mixed messaging out there. So... It's only really started for us and I'm excited for, you know, the next six years. You were quoted earlier when we uh, we caught up beforehand saying that this is a pivotal stage for the brand. You've just raised a seven-figure investment. Why is it pivotal right now? I think right now is the time when people want change and people are looking for change. When we first started Can of Water, we would do trade shows and people would walk past and they would see our slogans and our brand and they would they would just look at it with pure confusion and they didn't understand it. I remember being at an event where one of our taglines was water tastes better out of a can and this guy just looked at us and just shook his head and thought that we were crazy. <laughs> and Ariel, my, uh, my business partner, looked at me and he was like, I feel so... Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to feel. And then we do an event now with like 10,000 people for like a marathon or or something. And we're giving out cans and we're talking to people and people are 
are obsessed with the brand and they're like, oh, I've got this at home or my kids are obsessed with this or they've got this at work. I love Cano Water. You know, in six years, we, we would never have been, a, even if we had 10 million pounds six years ago, it wouldn't have been the right time to have pushed it. Now is the time, you know, now is the time where people have seen the devastating impact of plastic bottles. Now is the time where people are actively looking for products that, you know, that, 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 that are authentic and that have derived from passion. So now is the time. Now is the time where we can really educate and um, we've got a really innovative product that why wouldn't you go from a plastic bottle to a, to a can of water? That's the, uh, that is the real question. And in terms of when things go wrong, then looking at it, for instance, because you've done it in your own way and you've gone, right, this is how we're going to, how we're going to do this, but it's gone tits up. You know, how do you push yourself on, get yourself up and dust yourself down when things do fall down around you because you might have made a mistake or just simply because the wind wasn't blown hard enough? I think for the, the first four years, I really was quite hard. I, I never, I never did anything for me. It was always, you know, it was, 7,000% can of water, always, 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 very, very little thinking about myself. Whereas when we probably just before COVID, um, I had a bit of a burnout stage. I think we all did. And I started to sort of look a little bit at me. And I think that what I learned is that if I take a tiny step back or even an hour a day to do, whether it's go to the gym or meditate or sort of just have a bit of me time I will actually be a better person a better operator and I will work harder so I think that that's something that because things go wrong all the time and things go right all the time and you take it very very personally when it's your baby and it's not like you know it's not like it's someone else's business and it happens and you just go home and get over it you know, someone has to deal with those things and someone has to process those things. And there have been times where we don't know for 24 hours or even 48 hours the fate of something. And I'm sitting there for 48 hours thinking, are we going to get out of this? You know, and I think that that's just, you know, that's the nature of building a business and um, meditation and all these sort of little things, even if it's listening to a podcast, you know, listening to podcasts helped me so much in the early days of Canna Water hearing enormous brands who I know and love be turned away by thousands of investors and people and get through it and go through the same things that we've gone through. That would really, really help me and keep me going. So there's all these different things that can help you process and move on. But ultimately, tomorrow's another day and you've got to, you've got to, you've got to be on got to be on form and you mentioned about sort of waiting 48 hours to know if you're going to get out of this hole what's an example then of you know when shit really hit the fan and you managed to get out of that hole in our busiest summer we basically had a we had hundreds of thousands of cans being delivered to the uk for loads of new customers who were waiting and um you know when you get a new customer you've got to you know, you've got to offer immaculate service, obviously. And we always have as a business, we've always prided ourselves on really, really good service, always being on time, good, great quality. We sent out the cans. I got a call from one of the businesses that we'd sent, sent the cans to. And they said, your water tastes a bit weird. And I called up my business partner 
we basically drove it like 100 miles per hour to go to the warehouse to uh, to taste this water. We thought that it might have been one can. Anyway, all of the cans, hundreds of thousands of them, were filled with sparkling water. The steel cans were filled with sparkling water. So we had to recall those hundreds of thousands of cans. And I remember listening to the podcast in the early days about a really, really big brand that is owned by Coca-Cola that had glass in their product. They were glass bottle. They were a tea brand. They had glass bottles and they had glass that was in like shards of glass in their brand. And I remember hearing about it and, you know, thinking how on earth did these guys get out of that? I mean, that's, that's deadly. You know, that is, um, that's terrible. But, you know, they did. They worked around it. And I think that that's what we did. You know, it's a prime example of after probably sitting on the cans, on the pallets, crying for an hour about how we're going to get through this. Um, you know, we worked it out and we got through it and the team came up with a great plan and we did it. And that's, it's it's examples like that where you, you get through it. And if we had just thought that's it, like in my old business, something like that would have happened and that would have been it. Whereas learning from failure and doing these things and, you know, listening to the podcast and as I said, like, you know, working together as a team, you get through it and you become stronger. In terms of obviously your burnout that you said you were, you were going to have or going through, I suppose, just before the pandemic, you know, mental health is a massive subject at the moment, something that a lot of people through the pandemic have gone through. New individuals obviously have become more identifiable with it because they're more aware of it. You know, have you ever suffered from, from, from mental health, be that burnout or otherwise? And how have you kind of coped with it? Yeah, I think I've always been aware around mental health, always growing up. So it's not saying that it's new to me. It's something that's been with me for the majority of my life. So I've always been aware. As I said to you, I think it's incredibly important to look after yourself. It's, it's so easy to work so hard and to enter this burnout that everyone talks about. It's yeah. so easy and it will happen and you will feel it. And if you don't give yourself a little bit of time, um, it might be that it's like, you know, two hours a week. It may be that it is, you know, 10 minutes a day and you go on a walk. But it is so important that you give yourself you time. I can't, like, it, it, it's, it, I'll encourage it to everyone that, you know, that, that comes and works in this office because I would never want someone to work here that is going through that burnout and that, you know, that, 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 that really not knowing what to do type of, um, you know, feeling. And I think that it is just take a bit of time out, whether it's, yeah. you know, for some people it's just seeing your family or speaking to someone on the phone and just reaching out to someone. But if you don't have that you time, when, when will you have that you time? And life goes so quick. And I didn't realise that after four years of not really having any me time, it just hit me out of nowhere and ever since I've been sort of giving myself a bit of me time and you know doing things that make me feel a little bit at peace before going mm -hmm. to war again <laughs> you know <laughs> um it just helps me massively and as I said I just become a much better person so what's next then Josh for, for Cano Water can you diversify into into sparkling water or can you diversify into other avenues you know what's on the horizon but guess what? We have got sparkling water. Boom. There you go. <laughs> so uh, we have got sparkling there water. Go. We've got bigger cans. So I'll, I'll send you some cans over. But, you know, we for us right now, it's doing everything that we've done, but better. And, you know, we've always been quite a creative team. We have organically grown. We haven't spent 
millions and millions of pounds on stuff. Uh, we, everything that we've done really has been all, like this organic growth and has worked really, really well. So the things that have worked, we want to, you know, pit, you know, really sort of explode it. Really, that 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 that's the truth, and take it to the next level. And I think education is a massive education is a massive part and a massive piece of the puzzle because there's a lot of mixed messaging out there and we just want to sort of display the facts and give people the choice that's the truth because we're not trying to we're not trying to replace plastic because if people make that if if the if the retailer makes that decision then they can make that that decision but we believe that consumers there should be a choice for consumers but because before can of water you couldn't get anything other than a plastic bottle so there should be a choice and Listen, aluminium is the best choice. So what does success actually look like to you then? Success is basically building a business that really makes a difference. That's the truth. You know, I want to look back in however many years and see that we created something that, as I said, was authentic and had purpose at the heart of it. I want to look back and see that the business that we built is offering people a choice and has, you know, removed X amount of plastic out of the environment because it's made, it's changed people's mentality of not putting water in plastic bottles. Before you go, we've actually, before the podcast started, loaded up your website because on your website, you've got a calculator that says, since you started looking at this page, X number of kilograms of plastic have been polluting our oceans. And as we finish the podcast, 988,700 and something, it's keeping going up, uh, kilograms of plastic have polluted the ocean. So nearly a million kilograms of plastic during the duration of this podcast. That's pretty impressive, pretty poignant, pretty powerful statement, that. Yeah, I mean, it's scary, isn't it? And it's the reason we get up every day in the morning and um, and, and, and build this brand because it's... Uh, it's not slowing down. If not, it's, uh, you know, it's getting, it's getting bigger. And I think for us, it's, you know, if everyone defied the norm a little bit more, and if everyone sort of went out there to do good, which I think that a lot more people are in the world, I think that, you know, we can, you know, we can make a difference. And I think that it's really important that, you know, when you look at those sort of those crazy statistics, that we see that that is the reality and um, we need to make change for sure. And if we want to join you on making change with you guys, how can we buy Can of Water? Where can we find it? How can we get involved? So you can buy Can of Water from most major retailers across the country. So people like Tesco, Morrison's, WH Smith, Waitrose, Holland and Barrett. I mean, you can find, you know, find it on a website. But yeah, most major retailers. And if you want to go online, Amazon's probably your best bet. I love it, Josh. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, mate. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Thanks for listening. Coming up next week. Don't give up. Don't give up. Gosh, I've been in tears. I've been suicidal. Last year was a really tough year for me as far as doing the business and things. I fell ill as well, so I'd have a major operation. And that puts everything into context, that we're not here for long. Might sound a bit sadistic, but I think you should be looking forward to Monday and disappointed this Friday and you haven't done as much. Thank you so much to our headline sponsors for the year, Capsule Cover. Capsule Cover, a specialist insurance partner to growth businesses, supports some of the UK's most innovative and ambitious companies. Sponsoring each and every one of our podcasts, we're on a journey with Capsule, and so should you be. If you're a scale-up or an ambitious, high-growth business, check out how Capsule Cover can help you with bespoke insurance solutions. Inquire via CapsuleCover.com and quote Success22. See you next week, 8am on all podcast platforms. Simply subscribe or ask your smart speaker to play Success is in the Mind podcast.
This is a Pinpoint Media podcast presented by me, Oliver Bruce, produced by Dan Miller and Fergus Bruce, edited and designed by Harry Fox and Victoria Bramwell, filmed by Madeline Harris, marketed by Ellie Hanwell and Rachel Buchanan-Hughes, and managed by Bethan Wyatt and Annabelle Lawton-Smith. Quite a team. Thanks, guys. If you know anyone you think we should interview, if you want to tell your story or have your say, please reach out to me directly via podcast at pinpoint-media.co.uk. Remember, there's never a good time to start a business, but in business, you should always have a good time. Cheers, guys. Cheers.